But I wanted to take special consideration of the fact that we have more kids with us today. And so uh, today I, wanted, I, I want a little bit of help from some of those folks. Um, yeah, where is Maverick? Maverick was the first guy I wanted to talk to today. Now, I'm, I, I have a picture coming that I don't want you to put up just yet, but we're getting ready for that. And I wanted to see if Maverick would be able to identify this picture for me. Okay, are you ready? Yes? Well, you're going to know. Don't worry. Trust me. I believe in you. Okay, Ben, can you show us the first picture? What is that? Pardon? Batman. Yeah, that is Batman. That is a symbol. It doesn't look like Batman, but that's a symbol that we've come to recognize as Batman. What's the next one? See, maybe Ryder. Ryder, can you help me with this one? Who's, what's that symbol? Superman! Yeah, I love your enthusiasm. That was awesome. That's Superman, yeah. And we, when we see those, they mean more than just like colors or, or shapes, right? Because when they put that Batman sign up in the sky, Batman knows that there's trouble. And he knows that he's got to go somewhere to help out. And when he shows up, some people feel better. When, when Superman shows up, people feel better. I got an, an, another one here, and um, maybe Emma. Emma, can you help me with this one? No, you're shaking your head no? This, this is going to be way harder. Hold on, I'm kidding. Do you know this one? Emma's going to pass it to Aiden. Do you know this one? No? Okay, okay, right? It's okay. All right, all right. What is this symbol? Green Lantern. Green Lantern, yeah, you got it. And that's another one of those symbols that uh, people can identify and they say, wow, things are going to be okay. Green Lantern's on the way in. Now, let's see, uh, somebody else. Next one. What does this one mean? Stop, bruz. Stop, bruz, yes. There we go. So if you're driving along and you see this sign... What you are supposed to do is, and this is a very relational thing that we do, because this is an agreement that we have, that sign represents an agreement, and that agreement is that every driver will do that when they get to that sign, that we would all stop. And when we stop, we look around, we look to make sure it's safe, and if you're doing your driver training, you got your left, center, right scan, Right? Left, center, right, make sure it's safe, make sure it's okay to go forward. This symbol speaks of a relationship that we have. But we don't go through that whole thing every time we see it. We know that what we do is just stop. Okay? Next one. What letters does this next one bring to your mind? Come to you, Griffin. What letters? L-O-L. Pardon? L-O-L. What does L-O-L mean? Laugh out loud. Yeah. That's a shorthand. When we see that, if you're in the text kind of world, we use that symbol all the time. Or somebody will write it down on the right, L-O-L. And we understand from that brief picture that there is mirth being shared. Someone is laughing. You did something funny. They're laughing at you or they're laughing with you. I can't guarantee which one it is. 
But yeah, that's what it means. And it's a shorthand that explains that we understand, again, this relational dynamic. Something is going on back and forth between us. Okay, um, the next one is, what season does this make you think of? Next one. What's the season? You, you've already gone. What season? Spring. Okay, yeah, spring. What, what holiday? Easter. Yeah. Why? Well, no one knows why they use it, but, but we've all agreed that when you see a bunny, it makes you think of Easter. And even in that little bit, there's a whole world that's opened up behind what that image is. The bunny has become a symbol for a whole story that is shorthanded. And then depending on what you believe, the story changes, right? Because not everyone tells the same story about Easter, but the bunny means Easter, and the Easter bunny is what we're going for. And for some of us, that means, well, Easter tells us the whole story about Jesus and what it meant and, and, and what he did for us. And there's a whole story that is in there. Um, now, who can I... Who, who will play my game with me well? You're willing to? Okay. He has to. All right. I'm going to give you a symbol, and I want you to do what this symbol says, okay? Now, at no time did I tell you in advance what I was going to do. Is that true? Yeah. At no time did we ever discuss what that hand sign was going to mean, did we? No. But somehow you knew. You knew. And thank you very much. You can go sit down. Don't be so terrified. <laughs> we have these symbols that we, that we use that mean things. And we change our behavior because of them. We adjust what we're going to do. You're going to have to hold on there. I see that you're very excited and I appreciate that. And I will let you have lunch today. Um, okay, um, now, I need, this, this will be a group project, okay? Here's the group one. I want you to all, first of all, say the word watermelon five times, okay? Oh, some problematic people. I'm following the initial, the initial answer was do it five times. I only got four, yeah, okay. How? How did this make you do that? It's a symbol that somewhere along the line, somebody told us this is what it means and this is where we're going. That has a meaning. And that meaning has actions that are attached to it. And those actions, we, we relate the whole story behind that very simple symbol. Now, here's the, the next one. What is the next one? Like this. I, I, I wear one of these. Anybody else here have one of these? You got it? What do we call this? Cross. We use that symbol. You'll see it outside of churches. You'll see it, people wearing it. The cross. It's a symbol that tells a story. And the story that we tell with that is immediately referenced it's an identifier. When you see this as a description of a person, what is that person? A Christian. 
We have chosen that as our symbol because it's our big deal. Of all the things that we believe and all the things that we do, the things that sums it up best is this. This is our story, the one that we get the most excited about. And sometimes, sometimes we forget what the story is. And sometimes we think the story is about more things or different things. Sometimes we have a focus that we would like to make the story more of this or more of that. Sometimes we have the desire to make other people have the story that we would like to tell them. But this is a story that somehow a symbol of disgrace and shame and execution, torture, has has come to mean something entirely different. It's our story. It's the story that we say, Jesus came, Jesus died on the cross. And because he died on the cross, we have a whole story that is emphasized from our symbol. Whether it's Batman or Superman or Green Lantern or the stop sign, we have a story that comes out of these symbols. And symbols are sometimes difficult to understand. We don't know what the point of them is, but if we think of them as a way to remember, then the symbol makes more sense for us. The cross is a quick way to say the story of Jesus. And then the longer you have, the more you can put into that story. Checkpoint Sunday is a Sunday that we have dedicated to setting apart and to setting aside to put our minds in a place where we remember what Jesus has done for us, we reevaluate where we are right now and what our relationship with him looks like. Am I in the place that I'd like to be? Am I in the place that I should be? And then we refocus. Before I leave today, I choose to refocus so that I can get back on the direction that I would like to be. And one of the processes that we use in Checkpoint Sunday is communion. And communion is a challenging one to get your head around, especially if you're a kid, because it's so symbol-based. But when we stop and we ask people to remember communion, communion means connection. It means relationship. It means making things right again. This is why we do, this is why we practice communion. And we practice it because Jesus asked us, when I go, please remember me. And the, the, the memory reminders that he gave us were symbols that they had at dinner with them when they were eating. They had some bread and they had a drink. And those symbols, which were so common, so expected to see everywhere, Jesus said, I want you to think of these things whenever you eat, which we all do. Whenever you drink, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember my story. Don't forget me when you don't see me. That's what communion is. And so we use a piece of bread 
and a small cup of juice or wine to represent, to remind us of that story, which is so much bigger. And so we would love it when we participate in communion, there is a ceremonial side. There is a ritual that we do this on a regular basis. We explain it in kind of the same way every time. And I think it's challenging, especially for kids, to be able to understand what they're doing. And when I say kids, I mean adults who don't want to admit it. And so we talk to the kids so that the adults can understand. There's no magic in communion. But there is a connection in relationship that goes beyond mere words. There is the infusion, there is the uh, delivery, there is the arrival of grace in a way that you, you can't touch, but you can experience. And so communion is an important thing for us. It's an important reminder for us. And we use the symbols to remind us that the story is larger than what we see just on the surface. So when we see the piece of bread, well, sometimes we use bread that, that looks more like what we'd have a sandwich on. Sometimes we use more of what we would call a cracker. The reason we use a cracker is because it looks more like unleavened bread. And unleavened bread is bread that has no yeast. And the reason we, we have that cracker kind of thing is because when Jesus first participated, when he introduced communion, it was in a season called Passover. They were in the midst of celebrating a holiday, the most important and significant holiday in the Jewish calendar. Jesus was Jewish, his disciples were Jewish. It was a big deal to celebrate that. And unleavened bread, flat bread, the cracker kind of thing, was a reminder that they had left Egypt in the middle of the night and didn't have time for the bread to rise, and so they had flat bread, matzah bread. Those are the ways that we look at those, and so that's what it looks like. And so they were in the midst of having a meal. That's what the meal was, and Jesus said, as we remember the time that God passed over, that he chose to deliver his people, right? Passover meant that at the time... There was the angel of death that was coming through Egypt and anyone who had the door marked in the right way, the angel of death would pass over that household. And then the next Passover became as uh, Moses led the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, to freedom, to the Red Sea. The story is all in there highlighted or emphasized by the symbol of some flat bread. And so Jesus takes that same story and he says, but there's more. That's the past. Let me tell you what's going to happen right now. The Passover becomes not just what happened in ancient times to someone else. The Passover now becomes what can happen for you. And he describes himself as the new Passover lamb. The one who gave life so that we could have it. Gave his life so that we could have ours. That is the story of communion. That is what we do when we stop and we focus on this. And the symbol of taking it and eating it 
is the way to say, I want to make this part of my life. I choose to take this story and say, I want to add it in. I'm participating in this. I want this to grow in me. I want it to come alive in me. I want this to be true. And so I take these symbols and I put them inside of me. That's what we do when we take communion. It's symbolic, but it speaks of so much more than simply eating or drinking. It's a very relational term, of our, and it describes our relationship with God. And so when we take communion, we look at two symbols. There's bread and there's juice or there's wine. And so the bread represents the body of Jesus. It is not the body of Jesus, but it represents it because that's what he said. And he took the bread and he, and he, and he broke it. And, and, and bread like that breaks really easily. And you can see there's a snap and, and, and crumbs come off. And there's, there's no way you can just put that back together. It is broken. He gave his life. He gave his body for us. And so that's the symbol that reminds us of the story. This is what Jesus did. And then he takes the cup um, full of juice. We usually use juice, but it would have been wine then. And, he's, and the color is important because it was, it was red, and that helps to symbolize blood better. And it wasn't to be creepy and gross. It was to speak of life. What keeps us alive is the pumping of the blood through our body. So Jesus let his body be broken, and he willingly gave his life. So he allowed his blood to come out. Those are the symbols that describe the story, which is much larger than I eat a dry piece of bread and I have a too small drink of juice. There's more that goes on in this story. And so what we have encouraged you to do, if you're visiting with us, we, if, if, if Jesus is the one that you follow, if Jesus is your master, if he's the one you say, I'm trying to have more of you in my life, I would like to take that in and make that part. And we welcome you to join us as we take part in communion. If that's not where you are at today, that's okay. Don't feel bad about that. But the symbol it's for those who are saying, this is what I want. So if that's what you want, then you can participate with us. And as we do that, we'd like to say, hey, families, talk to your kids. Be together in this. And there's, there's sometimes the community seems really quiet and, and, and very ceremonial. And there, that's to give us chance, a chance to reflect. Because as we approach communion, we want to approach it honestly. So if we're saying, God, I want you to rule and reign in my life, then we want to stop before we do it and say, are you ruling and reigning in my life right now? Is there anything that I can think of or that you will bring to my mind that says the relationship is separated? Is there someone who I have a broken relationship with? Am I withholding what Jesus told me was the way to go? Am I withholding my forgiveness with somebody, from somebody else? Am I choosing to be angry and hold on to that in regards to someone else? Well, God, I, I, I want to move ahead in forgiveness. So before I take this, I want to submit myself to your leadership. As a leader, you say this is how you should behave. You should forgive. You should move in this direction. So I choose to acknowledge that now. And for anything that comes to your mind that you say, God, please forgive me, you go, yes, okay, that's out of place. God, forgive this. And he is faithful, and he is just, 
And so he promises that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is what's going on as we approach communion. There's a passage in Luke where Jesus describes what he's doing or what it looked like. And so I thought, if we put that up now, we can read that one. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, we can read this one together. You, you're literate, right? We can do this? Okay. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He knows what's coming. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. This is not done yet. This is a temporary spot. There is a time when we take communion. There is a time when we will no longer take communion. This is what he's referring to here. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Fruit of the vine, uh, grapes that have been squeezed, right? That's what he's trying to say there. And then he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Covenant means the contract, the arrangement, the agreement that we have, the agreement between you and God. That covenant, this is a new one. The old one has passed. The new one has come. The old covenant is inferior. The new covenant is far superior. This is what Jesus was initiating at that time. So we use these symbols to remind us of that whole story. So in preparation, I want to give you a couple of moments that you would say to yourself, okay, do I remember anything? Am I consciously holding something? And then when you go past your own thoughts, say, God, is there something that stands between you and me? Is our relationship apart in some way? Is there something that I'm choosing to ignore? Is, is there some direction that I'm choosing not to go that you are prompting me? Listen to that prompting and then respond and ask God to forgive it. And then the process for that is very simple. You just say, God, this is the thing. Fill in the blank what the thing is. Please forgive me. And then as we go forward, we choose to leave that thing behind. We choose to not pick it back up again. So now, let's take a moment, think first, and then ask God, bring something to my mind, and then let's pray and ask that we would be forgiven of those things, that our relationship would be restored. Kind Father, I pray that you would prompt us through your Holy Spirit to draw to mind those actions, those things that I am doing, that I have done, that are breaking relationships around me, breaking my relationship to you or to somebody else. 
I don't want broken relationships. Please forgive me. And then God, bring, bring your awareness to my mind again that I don't put myself right back in the same situation. I want to live free from these things. And while you are forgiving and you are patient and I can have this conversation with you again and again, I'd really prefer not to. I'd really prefer that this is the last time. So as I go forward and I, and I take communion today, as I take these symbols, I pray that you will remind me of the big story that goes on. And that in this act of trust, this act of faith, this act of commitment to you, that you will, that you will let the story be real in my life. And that I will be able to accept the grace that you offer full of kindness, love, grace, and truth, the forgiveness that is there for me. Help me to accept the gift that you are giving and to live like a new person. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we go, we have a, a process that we try to follow just more for logistics than because of any special symbols. We tend to come down this aisle and go up this aisle. We get kind of crowded if we don't. The elements are at the back. The symbols are back there. And those symbols are there to help the story come back for you so that you can remember, so that when you choose to participate, you can do that well. If you need some more time to prepare your heart or your mind, please take it. We're not in a rush. But we'll let people come, participate that way. And again, I would encourage you, there is a private element, but there is a communal element as well. And so if you've come with someone else or some of your family are here or some of your friends are here, I would encourage you once again, take communion together. This is good practice because if you're like me, what you do is you avoid hard things. We do easy things. For some reason, it is hard to look someone else in the eye and describe what it is that I'm doing. To remind each other of what we're choosing. But to do that together as a family, as a group of friends, is a powerful way to bring this part of your relationship up. We laugh together, we eat together, we joke together, we fight together, we do all these things together, but the God side of our relationship is awkward, and we struggle with words, we struggle with the way to say something that's important to us, but we're out of practice. And so I want to give you the chance to practice. What does it mean for you? What are you saying when you take this? What do you want the person beside you to understand about what you're doing? And this is not about having the perfect words. And if you can't think of something else to say, then just say, God bless you as you take these symbols. If that's all you can think of, then do that. But if there's something more that comes from you that you want to describe it, I would encourage you to do it. This is an intimate moment but it's a beautiful moment, so you don't need to be silent. Speak to each other, but gather together in little groups as you can. 
Welcome somebody into your group if you can. But let's participate together and take these symbols.